This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Front Row on the Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. So today we are looking at an exhibition called Tagistan by local artist Davinda Singh, uh, which is inspired by his experiences growing up in the old industrial areas of Jalan Chansaulin in Kuala Lumpur. So for the show, Davinda has gathered fragments of discarded objects from this area and repurposed them to create um, well a whole new space and experience. So the show is on until the 8th of November at the Chongsan Building. And joining me to tell us more is Davinda himself. Thanks for joining me, Davinda. Thank you for having me. So the um, the show, I understand, has actually a very personal connection to you because it involves um, a space that you spent a lot of your own childhood in. Uh, do you want to take us back to what sparked the idea for the show in the first place? Actually, it was uh, something which I've been planning to do for quite some time. Um, it was in the midst of... Uh, conceptualizing the whole uh, thought of how am I going to utilize these particular items which I've uh, gathered over the years. And uh, I think during, I think this year has been quite quite a interesting year, I would say, <laughs> because uh, uh, there, were, there were a lot of plans which I, uh, which have been like postponed and canceled because of uh, our current situation. And um, so I had quite a bit of time in hand in the sense when I was uh, over at my mom's in uh, Gombak. So I think every day, uh, you know, you tend, because my current studio is in KL. So traveling from Selangor to KL, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a hassle. So hence, I spent quite a bit of time in my room. Uh, you know, contemplating and uh, I was doing little drawings uh, on paper, my usual style, which is, you know, using a lot of collage. So in a way, then I did that for a whole month. You know, I did one drawing a day. So I think in the exhibition, whoever has whoever have come, come by to see it, they can see there's this display of drawings on the wall, selected ones. And uh, uh, I think the uh, the other part of it, the other part, which is Tagistan, uh, came by when I got a uh, space. Uh, one of my friends, uh, he actually uh, lent, lent me his uh, photo studio in City Wangsa. So, uh, and that was when uh, the MCO was a little bit eased off. I think I was in somewhere in May. Uh, and uh, I you know, got to go out a bit more often. And... So what I did was like I had all this stuff locked up in the studio in my uh, in KL, and uh, so I had this idea of you know laying it out on onto a because my friend's space is quite big. It's just, like I think it's about two thousand square feet, so it's just open space, and I had this whole floor area to just display whatever I had and uh, try to see what I can choose, pick and choose which has got. You know, relevance to what I'm trying to create at the end, which was uh, Pakistan. I just want to stop you though, and and because you were saying these are things that you already had. Um, where did yes, you get yeah. these items from? Uh, they are mainly from around Chansaulin, uh, from Jalan Satu until Jalan Anam. So there's these various spots in Chansaulin which I have uh, certain access to, 
because of my grandparents. So uh, they're no longer here anymore, but uh, I still do know people there who, who look after these spaces, you know, so uh, hence I get to go in and try to uh, take back whatever I can. <laughs> yeah. And you've been doing this um, for how long? Uh, for the past, over, I think it's been over 10 years. Ah, over so these are years. items that you've so, been collecting over the course of quite a while. Yeah, quite a while, yes, quite a while, yeah. For Tagistan, I think it's pretty simple in a sense that uh, the, the idea came by in a very uh, in a very simple form. In a sense, it was just a tin plate with Tagi engraved into it. And uh, it was uh, something of, uh, like, I was quite curious of what, what does Tagi mean? You know, so obviously with our good friend Google, you know, <laughs> Googled it and it had a tons, like, it had, like, maybe I think six or seven different meanings in different, different cultures. So, but I picked the one which uh, I think which I can relate to most is like, I think the simple idea of storage you know, at the end. Yeah, so I'm assuming that uh, from what Google says that it's uh, supposed to be a Dutch word, tagi, you know, which translates to storage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but um, maybe not, you know. Google might be wrong. <laughs> yeah. So it could just be made up for you, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So um, but I think in that sense it gave a little bit more uh, like uh, sense to what I was trying to like uh, um, like bring out from all this stuff which I've been accumulating over the years. So I think that that little play of word really really uh, affected the whole uh, exhibition in a sense like it allowed me to uh, narrate it in a different in, in a form which I feel um, aesthetically and also um, as like a, as a whole idea of storytelling it, it, it was like uh, yeah I think these two things just came together quite well you know the way I wanted to say it and um, and whoever has followed my work over the years, I think they still do see that relationship between my previous works and, and my current work. But it's just a little bit more real now. Yeah. The exhibition is is essentially it's a it's a site specific one, and you kind of walk in and you experience a, a space and a, a sort of a feel that you've created with all of these repurposed items. Mm-hmm. Could you describe a little bit of what someone might see when they when they come to the show? I think at the beginning, the black door which you have to come through, it is quite. Uh, Quite uninviting, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it looks like a, like an entrance to a to a storage area, actually, you know, like actually to a like a gudang or something, because it's, it's a metal door. So, and then of course the text over it is, is quite uh, regimented as well. It's like stenciled, <laughs> so it's, which is what commonly used in um, labeling things of like you know boxes and crates and stuff. So. I would consider that uh, as the first thing you, should, you, you would see. And then once you come in, once you walk in, uh, you would, I think the first thing is going to greet you is the birdhouse. You know, I, I have a pigeonhole birdhouse, like, uh, which is quite old. And um, I think that's going to like, if you, you know, if you, if you're observant enough, that's, that's the first thing which is going to greet you. But if you're going to look somewhere else, then 
you might see something else, which is, in a sense, like for a interior designer, it might be like a space which is like for, or, or you're selling uh, some sort of like. There were some people who actually even said that is this a tailoring shop, <laughs> you know, because uh, I have my uh, grandpa's uh, suit which is hung right next to the back, the, the front entrance. Yeah, there was a lot of people like even they said like is this uh, is this going to be uh, what. Uh, like a interior design studio space, as I said earlier. You know, but then again, I think different people would have different uh, opinions, and uh, yeah, it might affect them differently. But I think for me, in total, it's not a gallery space, but it, it can accommodate to a certain type of artwork. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think in that sense is quite uh, quite appealing for me. As an artist, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's obviously a lot of um, in this idea of repurposing, right? Because you've you've taken mm-hmm. you've taken the items that you found in these sites in Chanzalin, and you've yes. you've <clears throat> recreated them into new objects, objects that often um, are kind of odd or, or not not at all what the original purpose was. Um, yeah. What was your process of this creation? There's nothing like. In particular about the process, I think it was just very, very fluid. It was very organic in the same, at the end because I had I already had all these objects with me. Prior to this, I have also like done, I've used a lot of found objects before in my previous works many years ago. So it's just going back to a, to a practice which I have not utilized over the years because I've been like experimenting with different, different materials. So I think by me hoarding this over the years, like has brought back this very nostalgic feel that I can put, I can dismantle my old work. Like some of the stuff which I, some of the objects which you see in some of the pieces are actually combinations of uh, different, different works which I've done over the years, which I've had, you know, in my personal collection. So it's just now bringing them out and just uh, deconstructing them and putting them back together in a, in a different form. And of course, telling a different story. You know, it, it has a different title now. Mm-hmm. It, it no longer has the title which is which was like probably nine, ten years ago. So now it has got a different purpose, and I think it's way more uh, heavier and stronger in that sense when it comes to narrating. Uh, so we do need to take a quick break. But uh, when we come back, I really want to talk more about how um, in this work, your personal history also sort of combines and melds with this idea of urban history and KL's history. Uh, so I am speaking with artist Davinder Singh about his exhibition called Tagistan, which is on until the 8th of November at the Chongsan building in KL. We'll be back after a short break. You're listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Sharmila Ganesan. I'm speaking with artist Davinder Singh about his exhibition called Tagistan, which is on until the 8th of November at the Chongsan building. Uh, so Davinder, before the break, you uh-huh. talked about your process and where the idea for this came from. But, you know, you, you've mentioned a lot of things that sound very personal. You were saying that this had to do with your memories of your grandparents, for instance. Um, and I was curious what their history is in terms of their history with this space, Jalan Chan Saolin, that this exhibition is mm-hmm. inspired by. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think, uh, of course, it starts with, uh, the whole story starts with my grandparents because I think without them, I won't be having this current exhibition. So 
yeah, I think my grandpa, if I'm not mistaken, he came to Malaysia in 1954. He came here and he, uh, he, he got a job, he got a civil servant job. And uh, he, he was already married. He was already married to my grandma. And uh, my grandma was uh, from the northern part of India, which is like Punjab, but closer to Pakistan, which is Pakistan right now. So uh, she was, uh, she went through the separation of like the two countries. It was during that time. So, and my grandpa actually uh, brought my grandma and my mom, who was like, I think, a, a years old. She was one year old when she came here. My mom, she was yeah, literally a baby. And the first place, I think I was assuming that there was already uh, Punjabi settlers in uh, Shansaulin already prior to my grandpa. So I kind of guessed that he already had friends here from the same village which he came from, you know, who already like established themselves here and stuff. But why Shansaulin is, I think, because of... Um, I think it's pretty straightforward in the sense that when it comes to a Sikh, you know, is you are either you're a soldier, you're a, you're a guard, you know, you, you you always get tend to get the jobs which are more of like that nature of like you will protect something. So uh, maybe yeah, my grandpa like like he fitted into those uh, cliches, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so he 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 got a job uh, in uh, in one of our government civil uh, services and since uh, so that was in 1955 and after that he was already doing uh, like he was already looking after like caretaking of uh, of a engineering factory which was in Sansalim which is in Jalan Lima. And it's uh, it's called uh, Namheng Engineering Senior Barhat. So I do still remember the address. <laughs> it's number twenty one. Yeah, Jalan Sansaul, uh, Jalan Lima off Jalan Sansaulin. Yeah, so it's right opposite Putusan Melayu, and also the printing press, which is uh, actually they took over the whole uh, Jalan Lima. So we only had uh, I think a few engineering factories left and uh, a couple of uh, godowns. So my grandpa and my grandma and my mom, uh, they settled into this place called Namhing Engineering Sinemberhat. So it was an engineering factory who used to manufacture uh, sawmill parts. So uh, yeah, and then over the years, of course, uh, my mom has uh, four siblings, like she has got four sisters. So yeah, as the family grew, uh, my grandpa actually also, uh, in a way, moved along the streets of Jalan Sansalin. Like, you know, he had, because every year you get like a certain amount of immigrants coming from Punjab. And the first place they come and uh, seek refuge is, I don't know why, why is it in Sansalin? Maybe is, you know, you have these various places where you can just park people to look after and then you tax them a little bit at the end of the day. You know, that, you know, you look after this place, you know, you're going to get a certain amount of money. And then from that, from that, you know, I will take maybe a cut, you know. So this is how I think my grandpa survived as the family grew. And then my grandpa also, uh, he occupied most of the, the, the jalans in the, because 
jalan Sansaurin consists of six jalans. So jalan satu until jalan enam. So my grandpa's first touch like a base was in jalan lima. So he expanded to jalan dua because the reason why is because uh, the factory uh, which we used to live in, which my mom, my grandparents used to live in, even I lived in there for 12 years when I was born in 83. And uh, uh, the reason why they moved to Jalan Dua as well is because the relationship between these two factories, because that was actually a foundry which used to smelt uh, cast iron uh, into molds and stuff. And then these were the parts which were sent to uh, Jalan Lima right. to, to, to be cleaned up, to be polished, to be painted, to be assembled into a working machine. You know, So I think as a child growing up, uh, in a, in a factory, that has really, really affected me a lot in a sense because I have uh, literally played with uh, mill, milling machines, you know, like huge milling machines So and cranes. Like the, the crane was the highlight of the whole factory because <laughs> it, was the, it had a remote control, you know. You control it from a remote. And of course, over the Sundays, the workers are not in. And what you do is like you have cousins over sometimes and... You, know, you you tend to do silly things as kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think in that sense there's this playfulness as well in Pakistan in in, the, in in this current exhibition which I'm having. Uh, you still you still see a lot of things suspended from the ceiling. You still feel that there's things everywhere to look. You know, because in a factory growing up, I saw things every there's things everywhere to see. There's like from cobwebs to the industrial fans which are hanging off the, the, the columns, you know, the steel, huge steel columns. And, um, and then there's this huge red, uh, sorry, yellow and black. Like there's this, what, like, you know how you see those uh, warning, the, the tape? Yeah. So it was painted in that stripes, <laughs> like, you know, yellow and black. So and it has a huge danger sign on it. Yeah, <laughs> <But, laughs> which must have been yeah, amazing as a kid, right, to be in this space. Yes, of course. It, it was like literally a very dangerous playground. <laughs> yeah. The the thing that's interesting is that um, your work, even your last few um, works, they all deal with I, this idea of urban development. Um, you know, or urban overdevelopment rather, um, the loss mm. of the loss of um, old spaces. Um, but that's kind of evolved into, um, as I can hear you talk about it, something now very personal as well. What do you hope? to say now that these two things have come together in this show? Personal, yes, because I have uh, lost, I've totally lost like uh, the visual side of it already because visually it's like, it's, it's, it's changed. Mm. You know, I, I, there's, there's no, there is certain remnants of it left. You know, if you go in deeper to Jalan Anam, you know, there's this still little spot of uh, a Chinese settlement, you know, who do odd jobs, you know, like some of them just have a workshop right in front of his house, you know, repairing lorries and taxis and stuff. And so there is this, this feel of um, loss, definitely, you know. So, and from loss, of course, there is uh, that anger which it creates as well because you miss something. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so I think 
how overdevelopment has uh, affected me personally is that I have um, I have no much recollection of what my childhood was because I think this is what happens when like urban areas get you know the the, the spread of the gentrification of like you know highways and tunnels and shopping malls all this shopping malls and <laughs> condominiums and whatnot, you know. So, uh, yeah, because it just uh, literally distorts the whole area, that the whole history of the area, in a sense that it has got no longer that, that character and there's, there's no longer that, uh, that smell, you know. Once you go into an area, there's this particular smell, especially in San Saolin, because if you come from Jalan Lokyu and you reach the Jalan Lokyu roundabout, and if you want to turn into Jalan, uh, Jalan Sungai Besi, the Sungai Besi Highway, you will, I think back in the day, you'll be greeted by the smell of uh, bread being baked. Oh, yes, from Federal you know? Bakery. From Federal Bakery, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then just down the road, just a few blocks down the road, you get. MTC, you know, the Malaysian Tobacco Corporation those days. Mm-hmm. And they used to burn tobacco. I used to smell tobacco as a kid, you know, because the whole space will be like, you know, when they smoke the thing. So it's just like, yeah. So all this, and then there was Sunshine Bakery too, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? So there was two bakeries in San Saolin. It's just not federal, but federal is the oldest. But Sunshine came along, I think, over the years. And uh, it was just literally down my grandma's road, you know, just, just there just next to the bus stop. Mm. So all this stuff, I think if it was still, if it was, if it's still here, you know, it was still like, you know, not been destroyed, uh, not been developed, the whole area would have been, would have been a charm, you know, would have been uh, like, like something to, reflect upon. The the other thing that your exhibition kind of alludes to is this idea of what kinds of history people in power choose to preserve, right? Because there's also that inequality in the sense of a factory area is not viewed with the same kind of um, historical importance, quote unquote, as um, a courthouse, for instance. I'm actually still questioning that myself, actually, to be honest with you, because I just don't understand how um, a person who actually regulates the council of city planning, for example, DBKL, you know, um, how do they even uh, have that whole idea of like saying that this area is not important anymore? You know, Mm. the reason could be very, very mundane. It could be very, very, you know, it wouldn't even make sense sometimes because you just want you to relocate, you know, because maybe there is this small um, squatter around that area, which, you know, is is an eyesore for some people. But but then again, they don't forget there's a lot of squatters around KL, you know, which is tucked in, you know, within KL. So I think it's just uh, within time that these areas might be even, um, you know, redeveloped but why this particular area is because I think um, as the city has it's like how Kuala Lumpur is expanding at the moment it's very very drastic 
you know, it's, it's I think, too much. I'm just not talking about Chansalin. I'm just talking about main areas like in Fudu, you know, in Fudu itself, like our, the, the, the most iconic building I can think about in Fudu is the Fudu Jail, mm. you know, because as a, as, a, as a kid growing up, I used to take the Tongpong bus from Chansaulin to Kotaraya to go to Kasturi, you know, for my tuition. And I used to pass by this, I used to pass by this whole huge long wall, you know, like with this mural painted over it. And yeah. then over the years, I found out that the mural was actually painted by the prisoners. Yeah. That's something uh, so every that, that, KL like, kid suddenly hears and you're like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like, that's just something which I think that was my first, uh, con- like the, the, the first experience with art. You know, it was just going through this bus ride. You know, probably it's just this 10-minute bus ride from Jalan Sansole to Kotaraya. So I think that really, really, in a sense, that had uh, enraged me a little bit when they destroyed the building, they demolished the whole, like, you know, this, and then, then you just leave the facade of it in front and then you claim that, you know, we have actually done some sort of justice to this area in a sense of leaving that gate or the facade of the whole compound. But at the back of it is this whole monstrosity of, you know, glass, steel and brick. You know, it's just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dissing anyone or anything like that, but I'm just against all this things which is like not even taking into consideration. Just because it's a, it's a prison doesn't mean that uh, it's, it's a bad area. You know, it's, 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 it's a, something of a taboo or anything like that. So it's just like, you know, so there's this also this aspect of us uh, Malaysians, you know, we have this thing about having altars. If you can see in my work, there's this altar of a mannequin you know, and there's a goat in there. And then outside that, just next to it is this uh, hammer, which is broken. So that also signifies something which is happening around this construction areas, you know, this, this which has been cordoned off, and then you see a altar of a Natok Kong in front, you know. So, yeah. So it's just these little minor, minor aspects which I pick over this whole whatever is going on around us. And I think it's just been uh, brought into a different space and uh, recreated in a different form and tells a different story at the moment. And what do you think art brings to this experience? I mean, um, in commenting on development, on in recalling places or stories that are lost, what can art bring that other forms of storytelling cannot? Um, I think it's the visual aspect of it. It's uh, mainly the visual aspect of it. I think, uh, yes, people can argue. There's always debates about this, you know, art. But at the end of the day, art can be in any form, but the primal form of it is visual, you know, you have to captivate, you have to capture people and as with, with your eyes first. And how do you see um, Pakistan as being uh, an evolution of the work that you've already been doing? How, how has it evolved um, over time? Um, to be honest with you, uh, I, think it's, I think it will always evolve uh, depending on the space. Lately, I've been focusing a lot on site. So as I said, like, it all depends on uh, the space where the works are going to be put up. And like, for example, uh, I'm, I have plans for Tagistan after this of uh, letting it move around 
little spots in KL which I have, you know, selected. And uh, hopefully, you know, they agree to have it there. <laughs> and yeah. So, but then again, once, once you move this, it's going to give a whole different feel to it. You know, once it's been rearranged, you know, replaced in, in different areas, it's, it's going to give a different meaning and it's going to give a different feel to the whole work. At the moment, here in Zongshan, at the new wing, uh, it's, um, I, I think it's the starting point of that. How um, how important a, a part of your exhibition is the fact that, uh, because I mean, I've come to your show, a lot of it feels mm-hmm. not necessarily interactive, but it feels mm-hmm. like an experience. You become a part of the show, you a part of the, the mm-hmm. installations. Was that something mm-hmm. that you wanted to create from the start or did that evolve along the way? Um, I think it evolved. I think it evolved in that sense, yes. Uh, the sense of uh, that interactiveness of it, that you, you can interact with certain pieces. Um, but then again, that was that, that particular piece which I'm mentioning is the, 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 the Tagistani floating chess. Mm. Yeah, I think that piece has got nothing to do with Chan Saolin, as per se, but it has got to do something very personally to me. Because I think all of this, at the end of the day, happened by chance. I'm not saying that uh, COVID-19 is a blessing in disguise, but it can be if you want to see it in that way. You know, Of course, there's a lot of suffering and all that. But then again, humans tend to adapt, right? We tend to adapt and we tend to normalize into situations. And how do you normalize and how how you tend to occupy yourself depends on what you do at the end of the day. You know, you could be a banker, you could be a lawyer, you could be an artist or whatever. As an artist, I had that whole period of time to think, you know, with what am I going to do with all the stuff I've kept over the years? Mm. So I've always had this little notion in my head that I want to utilize it one day. And I think this is, the time, I think this is the, t- the right time for it. And not to say I planned this, everything happened by chance. Mm. So hence the, the, the game, you know, which uh, I, you, you, you played, I think. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so ultimately, yeah. what do you hope people will take away from coming to Tagistan? So far from what I've heard, like some people have come back and they've come back with uh, saying that, you know what, I'm going to... Um, bring stuff back for you. <laughs> you know, there was this one uncle who came by, he literally brought some old stuff which he's been hoarding. You know, so he, yeah, you know, he, he, I think maybe he just thought that I collect this kind of stuff and I display it. But Storage. It's not man. art for him. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> he was getting rid of his stuff. Yeah. So, I, I guess so. I'm just guessing. But I think he had a very, um, uh, a good, a good uh, way of doing it, I guess. You know, he didn't, he never meant like, I'm selling you stuff or anything like that. You know, he just came there and he's like, you know what, I have this. <laughs> so, and then there's um, other, there's other few people, I guess, uh, who actually told me personally when they were around the show and they were viewing it, said that, you know, now it makes me want to go back to my grandparents' house and see what I can bring back. You know? Mm. So I think it's just uh, igniting the sense of nostalgia in, in people. 
And I think the the ones who can really resonate to this is the ones who have uh, lived during that time, you know, who grew up during the time, you know, like uh, old folks. I would say they they are the ones who generate the most curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Davinder. Thank you, thank you so much, Sham, Shamila. I've been speaking with artist Davinder Singh about his current exhibition called Tagistan, which repurposes discarded items from uh, this old industrial area in Jalan Chan Saulin to create an experience that ruminates on personal histories, on the larger idea of what we lose in our rush to develop. So the show is on until the 8th of November at the Chongsan building by appointment only. Uh, so that's because of the CMCO. So to make an appointment, do call 016-216-4373. Or you can get in touch with Davinder through his Instagram, uh, just search for at Davinder. If you've missed any part of this interview or any previous Front Row segments, you can download the podcasts on bfm.my, on our BFM app or on Spotify. You've been listening to Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.